0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome
1: to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank.
2: How
3: sweet it is, the Boston Celtics advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston got the home court advantage on the last day of the season, and they used it to their greatest advantage. I just want to win. I just want to win
2: fifth time the Paul has lost the series after leading 2-9. to ring. The Dallas Mavericks have pulled off the tremendous upset. They have taken out the winningest team in the league this year. Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are
4: going to the Western Conference Finals.
5: Wow! I just want to win. I just want to win.
4: Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. I'm Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins and Adrian Wojnarowski are going to be by in just a second, but check us out. We are in Chicago for the G League elite camp, as well as the draft combine and the lottery. There is so much going on behind me right now. There are players on the court. who are hoping to hear their name called in the 2022 draft, as well as coaches, executives, all getting their first looks at these prospects. So we are in Chicago, but don't worry. Richard Jefferson, he's holding it down in Los Angeles. Hey Richard, you miss me? Yet? No,
6: no, I do not miss you at all and thank God. I'm glad, I'm glad Perk found that funny, but we're here. We got Matt Barnes. We got Ramona Shelburne. We're gonna we have a big show here, but Malika, where should we start? You ladies first, you tell us where we should start
4: hosts first. Uh, We're going to start with the (laughs) Conference Finals because they are set. Neither the best team in the regular season, right, the Suns, or arguably the best player in the NBA right now, Giannis Attentacumpo, are in the Final Four. We know by now that is Dallas, Golden State, Miami, and Boston. So if you're okay with it, actually, why am I asking if you're okay with it? We're going to start here (laughs) in Chicago Mm -hmm. with Adrian Wojnarowski and Kendrick Perkins because we do have some breaking news this morning. Ime Udoka said that Marcus Smart is questioning for game one with a mid right foot sprain Woj what more can you tell us
3: yeah I, w- I was told he left the arena last night in a boot and then had an MRI this morning Marcus Smart but the good news for Boston the imaging came back clean Mm. and like you said they're they're uh, listing him as questionable for game one and I think the hope is that he'll be able to play but if he if he didn't play game one I think the thought with Boston would be more that giving him more time the rest would allow him to be be able to play at a higher with 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 a higher degree of uh, confidence in that foot the rest of the series be more pain-free but Marcus Smart has always been a player with a really high uh, tolerance uh, for pain. And the hope is uh, that he will be on the court and that this is not a serious injury.
4: Well, that's good news. The silver lining there for Boston Woj. But but Perk, you're a Boston guy. What percentage do they need Marcus Smart to be at in order to win this series against a tough Miami Heat team? You know
1: what? I, <clears throat> I just think they need him at about 50%. The way that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is playing right now, we see the way that Grant Williams is stepping up. But I want to talk about the emergence of Jason Tatum, right? He's become the best two-way player in the game today and the way that he's defending we know that he could get buckets the way that Jalen Brown is doing his thing always been a two-way defender and the way that Ema Udoka system is set up it's kind of like plug and replace next man up and it's not taking Marcus Smart for granted but they don't need him at hundred percent to beat the Miami Heat I strongly
3: believe that
4: well Woj another Celtic player that we've been keeping our eye on that's been battling injuries is Robert Williams what more can you tell us about where he's at
3: hey, he's he was activated for game seven after missing five and six in the milwaukee series uh, i was told that he would, would have been probably 60 or 70 percent if he had played yesterday but but by him not playing boston is able to get him more rest get that knee more time here as they head into game one against miami they'll see where they are tomorrow Uh, how he feels but certainly uh, listen. they need Robert Williams uh, with this team. This has been the best defensive team in the league for the second half of the season Mm -hmm. Uh, into the playoffs. You saw it against Milwaukee. He makes them even better certainly at both ends of the floor Uh, but I think there's an expectation you will certainly see Robert Williams in this series. Mm They want to see now, with a few days of rest and that bone bruise, how does it respond before game one tomorrow?
7: Woj,
4: thank you so very much. I do want to bring our L.A. crew back into this conversation. Richard Jefferson, take it away, please.
6: Oh, I got you. And look, I think what we should do is we should quickly jump to the desert. Because what we saw yesterday was historic. It was one of those times where you're just yelling at the TV and your kids perk up. What's going on? It's like, oh, Luka hit another shot. That's basically what it is. So let's check out the highlights because it was ridiculous what we saw. It was was historic, basically. Special. Special. Luka Doncic, what he's able to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a look. Watch this. Matt, when you see a guy knocking down these shots and smiling, that's when it's a problem. Now, he's doing this against everybody. He's doing it against a seven-foot center. He's laughing. He is literally toying with them, and it doesn't matter. You can get this work too. That's lead. I mean, what
8: he's doing out there, it it sort of reminds me of what LeBron was doing in the mid-2000s, where he didn't have a ton of talent. You think about it, he's the only one with any accolades on his team, and I say that with all due respect to the rest of the team, but he's carrying a heavy load in the the run he's on right now. I'm not saying it's better than LeBron's run, but it definitely reminds me of the runs that LeBron was making in the mid-2000s. When
5: he went into the post, it changed everything for them in this series, and it reminds me of when LeBron went to the post down in Miami. Yeah. He was waiting for that to happen. He goes in the post. Who are you going to put on him? Yeah. No. Who can stop him?
6: Yeah, and there there is nothing that you can do, and this is a problem. When he's posting up and hitting these, and look, there is everybody out there is getting the work. It doesn't matter if you're center. And look, right here, he's going against a guy that got mm. Defensive Player of the Year consideration. Yeah, but he's got 40 pounds yeah, on him. Yes, Mikel Bridges. Everybody, there was nobody that get their work. Let's listen to Jason Kidd.
7: He's Luca. he,
1: he, he loves the stage. He loves the. The, as it gets bigger he he gets better and uh i thought he set the tone um of getting everyone involved um and taking shots when they were uh presented themselves
7: honestly i'm really happy
1: man is you can't get this smile off my face right now i'm just really happy you know uh honestly i think we deserve this uh We've been playing hard the whole series, maybe a couple games here. We weren't ourselves, but you know, we came here with a
7: statement, game seven. uh, We believed, uh, our locker room believed, everybody believed, so I'm just happy. Were you aware at halftime, you had as many points as the Suns?
6: Uh, Yeah, of course. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course he was. The Suns, as, as a team, had just 27 points in the first half, and so did Luca. He became the first player in the last 25 season to match an opposing team's point total in a half. Chris Paul was a minus 30, 39, the worst mark in his career and the worst loss since the Sun since he joins the Suns team. Now, Matt, I want to know. Oof. What did Luca and the math we're not going to talk about the sound what right. did Luca and the math prove to you yesterday that they wanted it more you
8: know, I made mean, a period that they wanted him more. I mean, you, if you look at the box score, it wasn't. No one really jumps off the page outside of Luka, Brunson, and then Dinwiddie, you know, made an appearance in the playoffs. He played great yesterday. But what, another thing that proves to me is Luka is the best player left in the playoffs, and he's top five. I feel like he's top five in the league.
5: Ooh. I mean, I, I think they prove they're a lot more than Luka. They are a great defensive team. Like, I mean, you were reading really those stats. I mean, Chris Paul didn't score until they were down 40. That's because their defense is that good. And I was watching them getting back to 2011. Jason Kidd was actually on that team, swept the Lakers out of the playoffs. I think you might have been on this team mm-hmm. now. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at you over absolutely. there going, you might have remembered that one. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was – a singular star in Dirk Nowitzki. You have a great defensive team. You get hot from three, and you get a, a team that's playing connected defensively. They went on a run and ended up winning the title that year.
8: Yeah, hats off to Jay Kidd. I think after game two, they made some adjustments. And then you even saw him on the sideline yesterday, jumping up and down when they were in traps. He was so animated. I think the <laughs> energy and the confidence that yep. he gave his players, even starting back early in the season when he challenged Luka to lose some weight and start playing defense, Jason Kidd's energy has been electric on this team, and they've kind of taken his mentality. Obviously, Luka's the guy they go with. But but they've really taken on Jason Kidd's dog mentality on both ends of the ball, and it's a beautiful thing to see.
6: Okay, so a lot lot was made about uh, Jason Kidd calling out some of his guys. Like, other guys need to show Show up up. to the party. I think there was a little bit of fear because there were people that were saying, I don't know if other guys (laughs) can can show up because the Phoenix Suns were the best team in basketball all year long, probably for two years if you really look at their performances. Matt, do you think that a coach calling out players the way he did. Do you think he did it perfectly? Do you think there's more of that that should go on?
8: Well, I I think Richard and you know, it it takes a certain coach with a certain level of Ackerman to be able to do stuff like this. You know, not every coach can come in here and call players out and get the best result, but I think they believe so much in Jason Kidd and what he's about and and, and the way he played his career and led his career that someone like Jason Kidd can go in there and call these guys out and they take it as a challenge instead of man. Why is coach on me type situation?
6: Yeah. So the Mavs are moving on while the Suns are setting in Phoenix and let's take a listen to their stars postgame after kind of pretty much being rolled over. But we're going to start with Monty.
7: I told Jason, you guys got us. You know, you, you kicked our butts. Um, that's life. You know what I mean? Um, but we, we'll be better for it because I think last year we didn't sneak up on anybody but this year we came in with a lot of expectations and uh, you know I applaud the maturity of our group to deal with that all season long just had an awful night tonight.
1: You know you can have those nights during the regular seasons and you have them here and there
7: where a shot can't fall and they're hitting every shot and you know I think it just happened to be you know the wrong timing on it in a game seven. I think we just
2: just came out and didn't have enough you know what I mean I think Mont said you know, that's
7: on him, but I, I think that's on me, you know, as the point guard, the leader of the, the team, you know what I mean, to come out, make sure we're getting the right shots and all that, but that that is what it is.
6: Now, CP3 wasn't the same after turning 37 on the day of Game 3, going for nine points and nearly six assists per game as the Suns dropped four of five after starting the postseason, averaging nearly 23 and 10. Paul took half as many shots and turned the ball over twice as much in the last five games as well. Now, Momo, we're going to talk a lot about blame and this and that, how much of do you? How much of this do you think falls on Chris's shoulders?
5: You know, a lot falls on his shoulders just because he's Chris Paul, mm-hmm. because of how important he is to that team and, and as a leader. But when I'm watching this series, it was clear what Dallas did. They just threw length and size on Chris Paul, and. The Suns never adjusted, and when he's trying to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton, when he's trying to spread the ball around, he just can't get to where he needs to get to. And some of that, I think, is on Lonnie Williams. Like, I understand, like this is the the, the coaching situation too. But when they Reggie Bullock plus 44, Dorian Finney-Smith plus 37. Mm. Those are the, I mean, they they didn't do much offensively, five points each, but the defense they played on Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the second half of this series was tremendous. And Phoenix never had an answer. And we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton a little bit later, but it was clear they were just daring the Suns to start going inside to DeAndre Ayton, and they never could Mm. get him the ball.
8: Chris Paul is obviously going to take a lot of the blame, as Ramona said, and as Chris knows, he didn't play well from games three to seven. He played terrible, and he'll tell you that. But what I want to touch on real quick RJ is the disrespect. I saw from Pat Beverly earlier today. You know, as, as, as reporters, you know, as part of the media. We have a job to be critical, but I think there's a, a thin line between being critical and disrespecting. And I feel like what Pat Beverly did today to Chris Paul was completely disrespectful and out of the line. And Pat Beverly's talking like he's that guy. You're not that guy, plain and simple. Chris Paul played terrible this year and his numbers are still better than your career numbers have ever been. So I just think you have to understand Chris is a 12 time all star he played terrible. First time, all defense nine times, seven times first team, all defense. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Pat Bev and I were similar type role players. They don't talk about us when we go. They're going to talk about CP3 when he's done. And I just think the disrespect we saw earlier today on the ESPN show need to be checked because he was way out of pocket.
6: Yeah, no, he, 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 you know that there's energy between those two. Like, yeah. we've, seen, we've seen the push in the back. Yeah. We know about all that. And, yeah, sometimes when you're in this position, it can be difficult to separate professionalism yeah, yeah. versus competitiveness. I mean, all he
8: needed was the red clown nose because he was out there talking like a clown today. And I just think, to me, again, the CP is a legend in this game. You know, That's again, sweet. we were role players in this game, so have some respect for guys. He did play terrible. He'd be the first one to tell you, but the shots that, that Bev took today were just out of pocket. I know no one else is going to tell him that, so I'm going to tell
6: him that. Okay, well, talk then, talk then. Now, I know Perk is chomping hey, at uh, the bit to yeah. get into this discussion, and I, that there's no pun intended. I'm not messing with you, so let's bring him and Malika <laughs> back into this. Big Perk, I want to know, yeah. how. Am- what's the biggest amount that you are putting on and who for the Phoenix Suns?
1: Bro, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd kicked their ass. That's who I'm putting the the blame on. When you talk about (laughs) the game plan, when you talk about having this team ready, you talk about being down 0-2 when Mm. we thought the series was over. He made the necessary adjustments, and he fired his team up. Jason Kidd is the reason why they won that series, along with Luka Doncic being great. But when you're able to get – that that special that sing that different song from a former player aspect and get your team to buy into being stars in their roles and believing. We heard him in his post game interview. He talked about believing. So it was basically Jason Kidd not only kicking the Suns' ass but kicking Monty Williams' ass.
6: Oh well, Perk, that was beautiful. It was eloquent. Uh, For me, the question Mm -hmm. really was about uh, who do you think deserves a ton of blame and how much blame Chris Paul should get? But Uh, we can talk about Jason Kidd more.
1: Look, I love it. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Like, after Matt just spoke what he said and spoke the gospel, I wanted to go the other route, Richard. And again, (laughs) I understand you in the L.A. studio, but this is the host, okay? Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. Yeah, yeah, Malika.
1: Malika,
4: okay. let,
6: Let me ask Malika. Malika, who do you think deserves the most blame when you're talking about the Phoenix Suns then
4: do I get to follow in Perk's footsteps 100%. and say Luka Doncic?
6: Oh,
7: yes, I mean, you can. I mean,
4: because what Luka was able to do, the clinic mm-hmm. that he was able to put on, was just absolutely incredible. And we all know, you can go up and down the Suns roster and literally say every single player on that roster did not play anywhere <laughs> close to where they needed to. It is equal and all blame when you go over there. But when you look at the other side, what the Mavs were able to do, because they came out hot, and then the Suns, they, they hit a couple of, of shots. They, they got you know, they closed the gap to like five and then once again, the Mavs took off. And so for me, this this isn't about the Phoenix Suns. This was a bad game that they should throw away, toss out. Matt hit on it. They all know that they played poorly. This was a Luka Doncic clinic, and he's going to need every single bit of that in order to beat the Golden State Warriors next, Richard.
6: Well, thank you guys for both not answering my questions. Uh, We're and, just and you do the all the time. your own yeah, you, medicine, you baby. Do all Don't even
4: worry about it.
6: <laughs> that is fair. And still Ahead. It was the Boston 3 party <laughs> yesterday, and Grant Williams, well, he was the hero. He joins us on the show next. Plus, we will draft the best players left in these playoffs. Will Luca go number one? Is Steph a lock for number two? Not so fast, my friend. And the Larry O'Brien will be hosted in about a month. So, who will be walking away with the hardware and who will take home the finals MVP? NBA Today rolls on.
0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: NBA Today is presented by
6: PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference.
1: Jimmy Butler was uh, tied hero bam how to buy who going to be the hero they's playing like he next up oh he missing out a proof of a ring
0: take one step closer for your shot at history it's eastern conference finals time tomorrow on ESPN back here
6: on NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. We talked Marcus Smart earlier, but now we got to talk Jason Tatum. He dropped 46 mm. facing Ooh. elimination in Game 6 at Milwaukee, and yesterday his team effort he officially has conquered KD and Giannis through the first two series. Ramona, what did you know, notice from Tatum as a series progressed that made him better and better? So this
5: is going to sound a little bit backwards, but he slowed yep. down. Good call. He slowed down. And, you know, it's almost like in, in in softball, when I play, my coach will always say, you can't hit a five-run home run. Yeah. Right? Okay? It doesn't matter how many people on the bases, you can't hit a five-run home run. In this, in the first part of this series, I thought he was trying to do too much. He was. Mm-hmm. He was the, the game was coming fast at him. And he had a couple of bad games, kind of bad shooting nights where he was driving into shot blockers. He was going too fast, turning the ball over. And then he just slowed down and let the game come to him and just trusted in himself. I thought he used his screens better. I thought he was re- much more mechanically sound on those threes. He, was, he really... He really took a step forward for me, at least in terms of how we see him. And it made me feel much better about putting him first-team All-NBA this
8: year. (laughs) I mean, he just stayed the course. And I think Ramona hit it. He slowed down, RJ. And you know that's the most important thing. You know, be quick, but don't hurry, as Coach Wooden used to say. And he just slowed down. I think at the beginning, he was settling a little too much. And then he stopped settling. Then he was driving too hard into traffic. He just realized, okay, let me take a deep breath. No one out here can guard me. I don't even care if Giannis is on me. There's not a person out there can guard him. He just started picking and choosing, choosing his spots, mixing it up, doing a little bit of play. Making as well playing defense as well but the, I, I just hats off to coach Udoka and this team for their ability to go in Milwaukee and they played very comfortable at home you know a yeah. questionable call and they could have won three games in Milwaukee to be able to go in there force a game seven the way uh, Tatum played and then take care of business at home in game seven this team has all the makings to become a championship uh, team you're just really, you're going to need, I, I disagree with Perk. I think you're going to need Marcus Martin a little higher than 50%. <laughs> yeah. And I think Robert <laughs> Williams is going to be also key uh, moving forward um, if they're going to make this finals run.
6: So now that the Phoenix Suns are gone, I look at the Boston Celtics as the probably the most complete team left, yeah. right? Like offense, you got guys that can go for 40, 45, and they have multiple guys that can do that because I look at Jalen Brown as a, as a guy that can do that. But on the defensive end, just throughout their entire roster, just littered with defense. But the one thing we were talking about, Jason Tatum, and I loved it about the, eight assists the eight assists to me like that's what they were talking about at the beginning of the season it's like yo we know that you and Jalen Brown can go for 25 but if we're going to play this brand of basketball we need you to create for everyone but the one criticism I will give him is that seven turnovers he needs to slow down more because when you're playing against the Miami Heat when you're playing against whoever possibly could come out of the West those turnovers you don't want to give Luca extra possessions you don't want to give the Golden State Warriors extra possessions but apparently Perk has something else that he would like to say what you got (laughs) pig Perk Malika's is comfortable right there. But Malik is relaxed. What you got, All big guy? I'm guard? saying lean back. Perk's
4: face. Perk's face was looking like.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not, not because. Look, this is when I look at the Miami Heat. Right when I look at Game Two of this last series and when the Celtics played without Marcus Smart they did just fine I'm not taking Marcus Smart for granted but the thing when I look at the Miami Heat they struggle in the half court set hell they even struggle a little bit at times to get easy baskets against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics have a way better defensive team than the 76 so I'm not saying that, Matt that they don't need him but right. I'm saying that 50% I got enough faith in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Grant Williams. They could get it done. They, they, so so, they get it so done. Perk
6: you're basically saying is that Marcus Smart just has to be on the floor because you're never going to be on the floor at 40%. You're just saying no. No, I'm giving. I'm I'm kind of teeing it up. Basically saying that like if Marcus Smart is available and he can play, that's really all they need because he's going to do all the little things even if he's not 100%.
1: Yeah, because he's going to go out there, and even at 50%, Marcus Smart at 50% is better than a lot of guys at
4: 100%. Well, all I have to say, Richard, is when, when I checked in with Marcus Smart during earlier in that Buck series, he said, my teammates don't want me on the bench. I talk more. I'm more annoying when I'm on the bench <laughs> than when I'm on the hey, floor. They so need I em. need to be out hey, there. Hey, they hey need Matty
1: em. Ice, Matty yep. Ice, I'm a little bro. I don't want no smoke. You know what? Okay, okay. <laughs> Matt, Matt already delivered the smoke.
6: But speaking of smoke, the person that had it all, still ahead, Luca. Win off yesterday. It looks like the dubs might have their hands full. How will they guard the map superstar? Plus, speaking of Luca, can't wait for this. We are going to draft the best players left in the playoffs. Who would you take first? And prediction time, who Caesar Sportsbook sees as the favorite to win it all. And win finals MVP, best placed in just a little bit. But NBA today rolls on, defending Luca.
1: putting on a show here in the valley this is phoenix's biggest deficit all season and the booze cascading down they ain't never seen it like me got my team right beside me donchich and the dallas mavericks are going to the western
5: conference finals
6: Here's the tale of the tape of the Western Conference Finals. During the regular season, the Mavs and Warriors faced each other four times with Dallas winning three of those. However, the only game the Warriors won was a 30-point blowout, 38, excuse me, the Mavs' worst loss all season long. So, Ramona, I want to know, after watching all these games and watching what Luka has done in these first two rounds, how would you guard him?
5: Well, look, I was texting with a bunch of the coaches of the Warriors last night, and it was late but they were already into the tape, yeah. okay? Because this is a challenge for them. Uh, it's pretty much everyone. You mm-hmm. have to have everyone. Probably Wiggins and Clay Thompson start in that sort of primary role. You're going to see some Draymond on him. You're going to see some Kavon Looney on him. And the big question for me is how much do they use Jonathan Kaminga? Mm-hmm. The rookie, you mm-hmm. have to decide if you trust him. This is the Western Conference Finals. But in terms of size, strength, ability, he's probably the guy who matches up best with Luka. Mm-hmm. But... It's, it's a team effort. It's a systemic thing. Because if you put Draymond on him, Luka takes Draymond out away from that free safety role that he's so good on. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that you have to look at it, if you're the Warriors, you have to look at, at Luka right now the way you looked at peak James Harden in those Houston <clears throat> seasons when they would play each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great ball handler, kind of slows it down. Shooters all around him. Switch everything? Yeah. Right. I think you got I think you have to.
6: Well, Maddie, let's go take a look at it. Me and Maddie B, we're gonna talk about it. Cause unfortunately, we've gotten cooked by some of the best in the business. So we have a lot of <laughs> examples of like what you should do. Now, what do you do right here? Matt Barnes, you got Kevin Louie, so you got a big center right here. Right. This is where he lives. Look, he's telling people to get out. Yep. He wants to get to a spot. See now for me. This is the first thing that you have to take away from Luca. You want to keep him in drive. You want to keep him in full drive mode and stay home. If he beats you on twos, that's fine. Now, look, Luca's pointing it out. This man, we can't underestimate his basketball IQ. He is one of the smartest basketball players in the league and has been since he came into the league. He's trying to get step. Uh huh. Look. Uh huh. Taking his time. Fresh fish, he Fre- said. Fresh yeah. fish on the line. It's the same. It's the same thing that they were trying to do with Chris Paul. Let's go at him. Let's take some starts. Let's yeah. bump those. Let's bump that by. Look, taking his time. No one can come because no. Everyone is afraid of his playmaking. So no one's going to come double team. Now here again, pick and roll. You have him in a drop. Now he's looking at Draymond. That he's looking at Draymond. Draymond's oh, yeah. dead.
8: And that's what makes him so tough, Rich, for that reason right there. Normally, you're going to play man and a half, maybe even two man on him at times. But his ability to come downhill and make plays now is why you have to play him on it. So I look at Golden State, and RJ did a great job of giving you different ideas and coverages. And I'm sure the Golden State assistant coaches are pulling their hair out right now trying to figure it out. But I think they're going to simplify it, RJ. He's going to do what he does. Can Mm -hmm. we control the role players? That was my same question last year. Is Can you control the Brunson's, the Finney Smiths, the Dinwiddie's woke up? Can you control those guys? Because Luka is second
6: all-time in playoff scoring average, only behind Michael Jordan. This kid is only 23. Yo, he's going to get his points. That's what Matt is saying. Still ahead. We know Steph just advanced to yet another conference final. But is he accomplished something else? Pretty awesome. He has the news coming up next. Stay tuned. You're watching NBA Today,
1: presented by PNC Bank.
4: Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. So we are here in Chicago at the G League Elite Camp. And so who better to be joining us than the president of the G League, Sharif Abdul Rahim. Thank you so much for being here with us. And I just want to jump right in because watching this, we've been chatting. This has been awesome. But at the same time, the NBA playoffs are going on and we have seen just a record number of players who have played in the G League, who've thrived in the G League now on that big stage. What does that mean? to you?
7: Well, first, Malika, thank you for being here at Elite Camp, and thank you for having me. Uh, the, that growth and seeing players have the opportunity, one, to leave the G League and then go show their talents um, on the biggest stage is, it, is a big accomplishment from us from a, a G League standpoint, but I think it speaks to the investment that the NBA has made in the G League, that NBA teams have made in the G League, and it shows the hard work that our, our players are putting in.
4: Absolutely. When you see players like Jordan Poole playing just such a huge role for a team like the Golden State Warriors. It's it's been really cool to see that work in
7: action. And and he was just in the G League um, last season. So I think he's a great story, a great inspiration for young players like this that are on their journey. Well,
4: we're here for for elite camp. We're also here for the combine and then the draft lottery, which is on Tuesday and we're seeing all of these young players, these these hopeful draftees coming through for the class of 2022. Have you seen anybody that you're like? Yes, this is NBA player ready. What is standing out oh, for you from what
7: you've seen? Well, There's it's, it's so much talent. I mean, you think of, you know, NBA ready. The Apollo Benchero's and Chet home and um, Jabari Smith juniors. I mean, this is a, you know, as usual, just a, a, a class of just deep, deep talent. And then there are going to be some that are, that are here that, you know, no one's mentioning right now in the past has been a player like a Terrence Mann who was yeah. here at the camp that, you know, maybe overlooked at the time that, but will make their name later on. So it, it's it's always deep with talent and deep with excitement and this is a, a really fun time.
4: Yeah, and you can kind of feel that excitement building here. We're so looking forward to being here in Chicago for the next couple of days. Sharif, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today.
7: Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>
4: So that's who Sharif thinks will be a good pro, but here's a look at ESPN's best available prospects in the upcoming 2022 draft. It's three big men that are at the top of the rankings in Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren, Auburn's Jabari Smith and Duke's Paolo Bencaro, Jaden Ivey of Purdue and Iowa's Keegan Murray. They round out the top five and you can see who has a chance at those top prospects tomorrow night on ESPN with the NBA draft lottery and then it's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat at 8 30 Eastern, but Richard, I understand you and Matt. You may have a little draft back in the studio.
6: Yeah, we got a little something. We got a little draft that we want to work on. So Matt, I'm going to give you the reins first. I'm going to allow you to pick. So these are the top four players that we think are still left to go in the postseason. We always talk about who can do the draft. If we were to have to do a redraft of the league, who you got in this postseason? Come on, I'm going to number go one number four. Oh, you're going four. Okay,
8: Jimmy Butler. Okay, and playing great basketball of late on both ends of the court. Number three the emerging superstar right in front of our eyes Jason Tatum now this one hurts my soul this hurts my soul man Steph Curry's been great playing really good basketball but I just feel like he's 34 now the other guy's 23 so I'm going to slide Steph although he's must watch TV oh, oh he see, didn't even like you didn't Steph want anyone like, to go there supposed to be on the other box there bro. we go Steph Curry's number two leaving the young phenom get him up Luka there Doncic only 23 years old
6: all right let's try we're gonna start this over we're gonna start this over bring these boys down bring these boys down i think you had it right you was close but this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go with jimmy at four that is right jimmy Look, his three-point shot is this and that, but there is a grit that he has that's impressive. Then, this is what this is where I see he, it hurts his soul. I don't have a soul. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go step. I'm going to go step right I here. Why? Why? That's why I don't have a soul. Because I think Jason Tatum, I'm mad at that. I think Jason Tatum has been I'm the second best player in the postseason thus far. His defense, his offense, his increased playmaking has made him kind of one of the force. Because we all know, top five players, you just drop them in, and then you just got to put right. people around him and then number one the consensus number one that is a bad man the moves everything he is doing has been so ridiculous and it has been very very difficult to stop to figure out I don't know how you guard him we gonna sit up here do you play a big do you play a small well the teammates around them are very very different but I will say that, speaking of number two or number three, Steph Curry, there is some news to get to. He is now officially a college graduate. Yes. 13 years after declaring for the draft, he has completed competed his Bachelor's of Arts degree with a major in sociology. Curry had been at one more semester short of graduating and re-enrolled back in school for the spring semester. Davidson, good for you. Way to uh, go, Steph. Me are and you Matt, close? I'm, I'm close, but I'm never going to join that. I'm, Matt, are you close? I'm close, but I might not ever- He's gonna go Van Wilder and and go into with his kids. That's what he's gonna come. That's what he's gonna do. But still to come, is DeAndre Ayton a certainty to stay in Phoenix? He is definitely still landing the match. Maybe we'll see. I don't know after such a subpar series. All things Ayton will be discussed next.
4: So in Game Seven Sunday night, DeAndre Ayton he played only 17 minutes. It's the fewest in any postseason game of his career, and he only scored five points. That was also a playoff worst. And he was actually pulled with 8:26 remaining in the third quarter. Didn't get back in the game. That was after exchanging words with Monty Williams on the bench. And here's what Monty said when asked about Ayton last night.
7: Da only played 17 minutes tonight, yep. and so he didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Is there any reason why is he hurt or it's internal?
4: it's internal all right short and and sweet there let's bring back in Adrian Wojnarowski our senior NBA insider to shed a little bit more light on this Woj where does the relationship between Aiton and the Suns currently stand
3: well Malika going into the season DeAndre Ayton, you know he did not feel valued by this Phoenix organization they were not able to come to an agreement on his rookie extension he saw all the other players in his class or many of the top players get extensions he wanted a max deal he would not move off that so now he moves toward restricted free agency this summer, yep. where now he'll have some more options, but ultimately, Phoenix can still match an offer out there uh, and, and keep him if he signs an offer sheet with another team.
4: So you mentioned restricted free agency. What exactly does this summer look like for DeAndre Ayton?
3: Well, you're going to look at the teams with cap space, a team like, let's say, for example, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Portland, teams who could create enough cap space to go out and sign him, but also... The discussions of a sign-and-trade, meaning teams who uh, maybe don't have the cap space, and if Phoenix decides they want to get assets back for DeAndre Ayton, they don't want to match an offer sheet and either decide to pay him that max Mm. or uh, allow him to just leave for nothing, which I think is what they won't do. Uh, There'll be a lot of conversations around the league. DeAndre Ayton's going to get a max contract in the marketplace Mm -hmm. somewhere. Phoenix really has to look at their sort of the allocation financially yep. of, of how they want to distribute salaries, money. That's what this is. You know, the relationship with Monte Williams had been one of the real benefits, I think, their uh, ability to work together and build a relationship. It'll be interesting to see how, how that season ended impacts this, but it's going to be really one of these stories of this offseason. Because DeAndre Ayton, there are a lot of teams lining up to figure out how can we acquire him. Yes, yes they
1: are. You know what? I blame Chris Paul and I blame Monty Williams why they didn't get the contract extension done. Because Chris Paul during last year the post-game interview during the postseason, he said what? We're going to get you paid, big fella. We're going to get you paid. And DeAndre Ayton, look the sky's the limit for this young man. And at the end of the day, everyone got a piece of the pie except for him. What he did to Jokic last year in the Western Conference Finals and to come into this season feel like, feel, feeling like as the number one pick he's yeah. undervalued, to me that's that's poor leadership and I don't blame him for actually getting into it with Monty Williams. You know what, I love Monty Williams but in this instant you got to get that big fella paid. Well
4: and you can't have recency bias. Like we said earlier, everyone on the Suns had a poor mm-hmm. game seven. That two-man pick and roll between DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul has been one of the most potent all season long and so they're going to need to take a good long look at this. Let's go though now from the West to the East because the Celtics after the win, Ime Odoka, take a listen to him in the locker room. What
2: matters matters, is 4-3 and I I do have another another one. Grant Williams passed Steph Curry for the most three-pointers attempted in a game seven. (laughs) 18 of them things up.
4: How about that? We are pleased to be joined by the Game 7 legend, Big Game, Grant Williams himself. Thank you so much for being here on NBA today, Grant. And honestly, I just want to start right there. How does it feel to never have to pay for, for drinks, for food, basically for anything in the city of Boston ever again?
2: Honestly, if that's the case, I'm going to be very excited because I love food. But um, <laughs> it feels pretty cool just to be able to wake up the next day and see, see that actually happening. I wasn't a drink.
4: It was pretty cool to watch it happen and you told me before this series that guarding Giannis Kumbo, that was something that you had been tasked with. You had to go up against him for seven games and you said that you spent a little bit more time in the ice bath during the series maybe than previously. How are you feeling now?
2: Yeah, of course, a little banged up just because that's a guy that probably the next coming of Shaq in terms of generational talents, but. Um, it was great to be able to compete against a guy of his stature, uh, one of the best players in the world, and definitely had to get an ice bath afterwards, but there's no rest time. We got to play a guy like Bam next, so should be exciting.
4: But at least now you're very familiar with the ice bath routine now that you're going up against BAM. All right, let's dig into the game a little bit more. Watching the game broadcast, our crew was noting a a whole lot that the Bucks, they seem to be daring you to shoot, to be leaving you open. Was that a moment where it was like, okay, I need to step up. It's my time to shine or I'm going to punish them, if you will, for leaving me all this space. What's the mentality there?
2: At first it was what was what going on like I haven't been guarded like that since probably my rookie season so or even early, earlier this season wasn't that bad so being that open it was kind of shocking but then I was like you know what might as well shooting confidence after the first three I missed I made one missed three and coach just told me to keep letting them fly and I was like all right give me permission might as well so I shot whenever I was open and made seven if someone told me that I would shot 18 threes in a game and only made seven I've been disappointed, but at the time I guess we had success with it. So we ended up winning so it worked out.
4: Well, then it all works out. All right. I know you, you said it. There's no time to rest in between these series. So looking ahead, what's the biggest difference between the series that you went through in that matchup and looking forward to the Heat?
2: Uh, just a different difference in teams over the sense of Miami switches a lot more plays a little bit more zone than Milwaukee does. Um, they do their best job. they still leave the corners open just as much as the other team. So we have to take advantage of those spots. They do a great job of guarding isolation and they have a lot more physical defenders. Uh, we have to take them off the three point line because of the shooting that they have from Duncan, Max, Gabe Benson yeah. down across the board, Kyle Lowry. So um, just doing a good job of not only taking away those shooters, but also uh, making sure our offense doesn't beat us like we allowed in some of our Milwaukee series.
4: You've taken an enormous leap this year and I remember talking to Ime Udoka earlier in the season and he said that you came to him essentially at some point early in the year in the off season and said, What can I do? Where do I need to get better so that I have a solid role? what's your recollection of that conversation, how that went and how you grew?
2: Yeah, I told him whatever he needs me to do, I'll do um, to have, help this team have success. Um, for me, I just wanted to be ready and engaged because I knew it was going to be a, a big year for not only us as a team, but uh, for this generational development that we've had with JC and JB. So um, whatever they need me to do, I was going to do. And that just a matter of knocking down open shots, uh, defending. That's what he told me to do, which what I've tried to do through the whole season and being consistent with that because um, a lot of times my rookie and sophomore year, I showed glimpses, but it wasn't consistent. So now it's just a matter of maintaining that, not only through the regular season, but through the playoffs and stepping up and taking advantage of that.
4: Speaking of JT, Jason Tatum, we've talked a lot on our own set about how much of a leap that he has taken, another leap this year. What has stood out to you? What have you noticed specifically in the growth in his game this year?
2: Not only his game, but his leadership. Um, he's done a phenomenal job of kind of showing that love to his teammates. He's coming out of himself in a sense of personality. He's normally more, more reserved. He's showing his emotion on the court letting him just be free. As well as offensively, he's been great as a playmaker. Um, he's known as a scorer. He's known as a player that he's looking to get his own shot. But now it's like he does it all. He Now only can get 36 to 40, 50 points, but also have 10 assists. And a credit to him now in his development and his work. But he's been a great leader out there from keeping us only head down and solid throughout the whole season, but leading us this postseason with his ex- 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 excellent play.
4: Absolutely. If, if we could, Grant, I, I want to dive into the super serious stuff right now, if you will, because I understand it that you've given your teammates some superhero nicknames. Can you just rattle off a few for me right now?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have a, a Marvel universe MCU kind of based off things. So we got Ka- Al being Cap, um, Captain America. We got Emae actually as Nick uh-huh. Fury because he created you know the shield, you know everything <laughs> like that. Uh, J.T. JT's Vision because he's probably the strongest universe prior to these new movies that we've seen Scarlet Witch and everything like that. Uh, myself, I got Spider-Man, but Batman was my original name, Now Spider-Man. J.B. Black Panther because of all his advocacy that uh. he does for black empowerment and everything else. You know, so kind of forever, and then. Yeah. Uh, I can keep going down the line we have Ant-Man and Nick Stauskas we have Groot and Luke Cornette
4: you got <laughs> them like all the well, well how about this the NBA Today crew myself Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson if the three of us were to be superheroes who do you got for us
2: all right so Malika because of your power I definitely have to give you Scarlet Witch you're probably the most powerful universe you oh. have to control uh Perk uh I gave Drax away he would have been great for Drax but I'll have to give Perk probably one of the newer characters. So I'll give him like Moon Knight or something like that. It's still introduced, so we're getting used to Pert. Um, RJ is a legend, a uh, guy that we can always have around. So we'll give him Agent Coulson, one guy that always ends up, oh. you know, goes away, gets killed off, and then for some reason he's back in the movie, the next movie, so we'll give RJ an agent Coulson. Cool
4: I'm with that. I like it. Uh, you know, I, I think I need to make one up for Perk today, like the late bandit, because that man is just never on time. He was supposed to be here for you today, and he's buying pants. So, um, you know, that that that's where we stand. Grant Williams, thank you and so listen. much for joining us here on NBA Today. Yes, yes.
2: I'll say this. He told me to know my role. He has to know his role and carry on.
4: <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Safe travels down to Miami, and we will see you on site in the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: See you then. <laughs> That's my guy, right there. He will
4: <laughs> still to come. Big perk on NBA Today. Who is going to be hoisting uh-huh. that Finals MVP trophy? I'm Our panel back in sixty seconds.
2: <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks